Good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you. Good to have you here with us today. We're in uh, week four of our Holy, the Holy Who series, and we've been having a lot of fun. I feel like asking us all if we could stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. So if you will just join me as we stand, as we read God's Word. It's not going to be long. It's going to be a short verse, but there's something about standing up in the presence of of, of, of people, standing up in the presence of people of honor. And um, today I just felt like, let's honor God and stand. As we, the first scripture we read, uh, and we, just, we just stand. So Father, we just come now in Jesus' name. As we open up your word, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will make your word come alive on the inside of our hearts and so that it will bring life, Lord, that it will empower us to accomplish everything that you have called us to do in Jesus' name. We pray. John 16, 7, Jesus is saying, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Let's all say this. It's best for me. Let's say this. It's best for me that Jesus went away. It's kind of weird to say that, right? But we have to acknowledge what Scripture is saying. Sometimes it's important for us to appropriate Scripture to ourselves like this. And then it goes on to say, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And how glorious it is to know that Jesus did go away and therefore the advocate did come. And right now we have the Holy Spirit walking and abiding with us throughout everything that we face. We have God on our side, everybody. That is a massive privilege. Let's all sit down. It's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do, then I will send him to you. And so a quick summary was in session one, we spoke about, or week one rather, we spoke about who is the Holy Spirit. And in week two, we spoke about what is the role of the Holy Spirit. And if you missed any of those sermons, you can find the podcasts on our app. Just go to the OSC Connect app, pick your, pick your campus, Crowley, and you will hear all those sermons uh, on, on these topics. And le- last week, we spoke about what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And why is the, is the Scripture so adamant that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And let me tell you, it started people off on a journey of discovering more of God and connecting with God in a, in a, in a, in a deeper way. And I can encourage you more to continue to pursue this infilling of the Holy Spirit. You cannot accomplish the Christian task without the empowerment that was meant to help us achieve it. You cannot. And so don't stop short of receiving the fullness that God meant for you to receive and all the gifts and all the, the, um, the empowerment that he made available to his early church. One of the big things we see in the early church is just when the, when the, when the Spirit of God was poured out on the first disciples that, man, one thing that was definitely happening was change was happening on the inside of them. If you think about it, just a short while before then, Jesus was crucified and they were all scattered and went into hiding. And Jesus got resurrected and they were all very grateful and glad and, and, and joyous about it. But there was no, there was no like going out and, and doing anything about the fact that Jesus was resurrected. It was basically just back to normal. Life as before, except now the joy knowing that our Savior lives. And then something happens when the Holy Spirit came on those disciples. Something significant. 
the ones who were before not able to stand up to authorities that were obviously not living the kingdom, were obviously not uh, um, uh, promoting God's value system, etc. All of a sudden, they were. All of a sudden, they were able to go out and boldly proclaim that Jesus is alive, number one. And in fact, he was, they were holding people to account for killing him. So imagine that. They were just ran away because their Savior got killed. And then all of a sudden, they start holding people to account for killing Jesus. But also telling them that this was God's grand design and boldly proclaiming them that through this, God made a way unto salvation for every person who would believe. And they would stand by that no matter how many times they were flogged and persecuted. Change occurred. There was a stark contrast between the disciples before the Holy Spirit and the disciples after the Holy Spirit. And I think that's kind of what we're aiming at today is to, is to, is to, to show something of this kind that today's message title is, well, how do I know that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? Last week, we prayed for some people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, well I mean, I, I asked God to do it and I believed that He would, but how do I really know now that I am filled with the Holy Spirit? And we, I'm going to answer that, and, and, and this is a preface to it, but let's read Ephesians 5.18 where Paul is actually um, spending some time talking and teaching the church in Ephesus uh, just on a number of things. And within this this, 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 this chapter, we see a before and an after, similar to a before and an after of the disciples that, um, that helps us to show something, helps show us something that, that, that points to how do I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, um, so Paul says this in verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what do you guys think is Paul um, comparing being filled with the Holy Spirit with being drunk? Sometimes it's good to ask yourself why a certain statement is made in Scripture. Why did Paul say that? I think there's a couple of answers to that. But one I want to highlight this morning is that both are actually ways people can deal with pressure. Both are ways people deal with pain. How many of you know that to be true? See, sometimes we use coping mechanisms even as Christians, because we have not learnt and we have not received the Holy Spirit to the point where that becomes the way we cope. That becomes the way we remain strong in our, in our, in our emotional life, in our, in our faith. And here's the thing, though. There's a big difference between what happens to you if you're doing you know, coping mechanism A, which is alcohol, and co- coping mechanism H for Holy Spirit, um, Alcohol numbs you. It dulls your senses to reality, right? The Holy Spirit's the exact opposite. The Holy Spirit actually heightens your sensitivity to God and God's presence. 
and God's solutions. He heightens your, your awareness of His presence. And so because um, in the Bible once there was the prophet Elijah and he had a, a servant named Gehashi. I don't know how you all pronounce it, but pronounce it. But that's how I'm going to pronounce it for today, okay? Um, Ge- Gehashi? How do you pronounce it? Who knows Gehashi? Let's go with Gehashi. Okay, it sounds American, right? <laughs> I got a thumbs up from the, from the far left, from the middle right. Okay, um, Gehashi, and, and, and they're being surrounded by an army, and he's freaking out. He's like, what are we going to do? You know, and he comes to Elijah, and he's like, man, you know, we're, we're, it's the end. It's the end of the world as we know it. All right, sound familiar, right? <laughs> it sounds like today. <laughs> and Elijah prays. He says, Lord, just open his eyes. Just open his eyes that he may see that there are more that is for us than that are against us. And so God touches Gashai's eyes and he, he becomes aware of the spiritual force that is literally around the Israelites and is literally a barrier between them and the enemy. And Gashai's just like, are we good? <laughs> We're going to be okay. We're going to be just fine. I want to tell you that today. The Holy Spirit wants to heighten your awareness of who is for you. And how powerfully strong he is in the midst of your trouble. And the second thing that is kind of um, why Paul makes the, make, makes the, makes the first the comparison, but it's also to show the contrast, is that alcohol makes you forget. The opposite is true of the Holy Spirit. He makes you remember. Like how often have I, have I sat in a moment of, of crisis and, and, and I, would, I would start praying in the Spirit, just praying in the Spirit, and just almost like just pouring my heart out. And I'm just, because I'm in anguish, I'm, I'm really stressing about something. So I'm praying in the Spirit, and, and all of a sudden, I would remember a previous time where I was in a similar situation. And I remembered how God brought me through it. And all of a sudden, I would remember how somebody, I prayed for somebody else who was in a situation like this, and God brought them through it. And the testimonies of the past starts coming up and starts encouraging me and starts showing me that you're not going to go down a path of destruction. You're going to go along a path of salvation. And it helps me to to remember what the Bible says. It brings to my remembrance promises in Scripture that I can stand on in times like this. That I will know that I'm going to be okay. That's how beautiful it is to walk a journey with the Holy Spirit. Because He brings to remindings, He brings to remembrance the truth. He reminds you of all the things that Jesus had said. So that I'm just now reminded of this verse in Hebrews. It's not on the screen, but it, it works for now. Hebrews 10, 38, it says, like, we're not, you know, the, my righteous one will live by faith. It's a declaration. It's like a prophetic declaration of, 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 of in the Old Testament that like gets repeated in the in Hebrews. It's, my righteous one will live by faith. And if he draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back and are destroyed. We are of the ones who believe and are saved. We're not going to draw back and be destroyed. We're going to believe and we'll be saved. So it doesn't matter what you're going through today. I want to let you know that if you can keep your confession of faith 
aligned with what Scripture says about you and God, you will be saved. You will make it through this. And the Holy Spirit wants to remind you. But how awesome is it to not be able to just be reminded of these things once a week on a Sunday? How awesome is it if I am able to in every single moment of every single day, the minute I feel something, fear. Like how many of you have just like sat in your, in your house and just feared something about your children? It's like I often, often I would sit, I would just be like, you know, assume, you know, minding my own business, you know, I'm not bothering anybody, right? And then comes that voice and says like, you know, that child is going to become a lesbian. And that child is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to rebel and, and leave the church. And those thoughts come to me. And in those moments, the fear grips my heart because I know how, how, you know, how powerful these forces are in the world. And I immediately just start praying in the, in the Spirit. I start praying in the Spirit. And you know what happens? Countless times, the Spirit of God reminds me of the prophecies that's been spoken over my kids. Every single one of my children, I have promises from God that this is what their destiny entails. Somewhere around this, I'm not too sure about it in the greatest detail, but I know at least that there's going to be some impact and some influence in some area over each child's life. And then I start reminding myself that God's promises are already confirmed and they're already, they're already, this morning I had a thought about it. They've already been issued. The, the answer to those prayers has already been issued. Like when you, when, you, when you order something on Amazon, right? And, 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 and you go and check out the tracking. And they go like, no, it's shipped. God's promises have shipped, y'all. May not have arrived at your doorstep yet, but it's coming. It's shipped. It's already been issued. And that's 2 Corinthians 1 where it says, The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. It's like when you say amen to God's promises, it's like you press order. No, maybe pay. (laughs) And it's paid for by the blood of Jesus, right? We don't have to perform to get it. It's by His grace that these things come to us. And it's important that we are able to be reminded of these things on a moment-by-moment basis. It's not even enough for you to have a Christian friend that's accountable and that you're walking with closely. Because you still have to take out a phone, text that person, and then it involves you having to humble yourself and admit that you're stressing about something. And so often, all those little steps that we have to take to get help, to get reminding, we're feeble as humans. And we feel stupid at times to admit to stuff that are just trivial according to us. Not knowing that those are the moments that the enemy takes ground in our lives god wants us to be able to in those moments turn to him and be reminded and that's why he's saying don't be drunk with alcohol he'll destroy your life be filled with the holy spirit instead it's a far greater coping mechanism as well as it heightens your reality to god's reality it helps you to see the truth reality And it shows you the things of the past, the promises, but also God's faithfulness through the testimony of things that happen in your life and also the lives of other people around you. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit because this is what He wants. He wants us to have this benefit. Let's look at a couple of verses that went before this. Okay, let's look at the before. Ephesians 5 verse 1 and 2. It says this, Imitate God, therefore, In everything you do. So let's just stop right there. Are you imitating God in your marriage? Are you imitating God in your parenting? 
Are you imitating God in your business dealings? Are you imitating God in your leisure time? That's a question. And we need to ask these questions to be able to fully respond to Scripture. It's not just the airy-fairy imitate God. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be good. No, it's more than that. It's intentional patterning after. It's like you're observing. How is he doing it? All right, let me go and do that. And you try doing it that way. It's intentional. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Would you say that Jesus' life glorified God? Yes, absolutely. How does my and your life glorify God? If we imitate Christ, if we live our lives as Christ lived his life. So let's look at now what Paul writes after Ephesians 5.18, where he says, don't get drunk with alcohol, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What, what comes after that? Because sometimes we, we think of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and like I've said before, we just jump to one thing. You know, baptism of the Holy Spirit, skip everything. Okay, what's this tongues thing? <laughs> All right? So, now, I'm just saying, you know, next week we're going to talk about that, all right? And we're going to go into detail in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and what they're for. But can you see that we've been spending four weeks on the Holy Spirit and we haven't had to actually talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is about so much more than just gifts, y'all. He is God with us. He wants to walk with you, talk with you, reason with you, debate with you, make decisions with you, and enable you to walk according to the pattern of Christ. And all of that is, is you know, we don't even have to talk about the gifts yet. But we're getting close to that because the gifts play an important role. But look at what Paul says after he's commanded them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, People that have been filled with the Holy Spirit have been somewhat of the meanest Christians that I've met. I don't know if you've experienced anybody who've been filled with the Holy Spirit and, and they just they were just downright, like, you know, prideful and, you know, bigoted about the fact that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what we've said in past series was that the Holy Spirit was never meant to make you a better than me Christian. It's meant to make you a better than you Christian. <laughs> All right? He's a, he, he wants you to overcome you and live Jesus. Now, this is what Paul says after he's commanded them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 22 and 24. This is what comes from a life of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 24. I'm not reading it. I'm just telling you what happens there. Wives lovingly submitting to their husbands. 25 and 233. Husbands lovingly love their wives by laying down their lives for them. Children loving their parents by honoring them and parents loving their children by imitating God's pattern, becoming familiar with their ways. Go listen to our parenting series that we did during, during the shutdown about how God wants us to reach our children's hearts like the way He's wanting us to reach, like He wants to reach our hearts. And the Bible says, He is familiar with my ways. God studies us. Are you studying your children? A spirit-filled life will lead you to studying your children and loving them. Employees 
This is chapter 6 now, verse 5 to 8. Employees respecting their bosses and being hard workers for Jesus, knowing that their work is a reflection of who they are. Bosses treating their employees with respect and fairness, not seeing how you can drain every bit of work out of an employee, but fairly compensating them and honoring the fact that they also have families. That they're also husbands and they're also wives that need time to invest in their families back home, to love their husbands, to love their wives. What is Paul saying? He's saying that to be filled with the Holy Spirit affects how we pattern our lives after Jesus. He's saying if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be even more looking like Jesus than before in every aspect of your life. And so just because you're filled with the Holy Spirit does not give you a pass to be mean to somebody. It actually puts a greater responsibility on you to show the love of Christ to people. So if we're going to talk about tongues, let's talk about the language of love. Being filled with the Holy Spirit enables you to speak the language of love even better than before. So here's a statement we want you all to remember that as we said before, the biggest contrast in the disciples was the change that they underwent, right? All of a sudden, they started bearing fruit. All of a sudden, they became active in their faith. They became bold. And so we want to say this, that a fruitful life is evidence of a spirit-filled life. A fruitful life is evidence of a spirit-filled life. And another way that we've been saying it is that the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that it's evident, it's evident. You can see people who have been filled with the Holy Spirit because of the way they honor Jesus in everything they do, because of the way they honor fellow believers in everything that they interact with, and because of the way they can pursue Christ and pursue their destiny. It is evident. Change is the thing. Is there a difference between how you were before you knew Jesus and now? God is calling us to grow into the likeness of Christ. And the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and He enhances that. He, he elevates our growth. He, in fact, He uh, expedites it as well. So how do we know that a, 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 um, you know, a fruit tree is healthy? Come on, it's, it's real simple. It's, it carries fruit. Okay, now, maybe it may be young. You know, and it hasn't come to its age of fruit bearing. But, I mean, if everything goes well, within a year or two, most fruit trees start bearing fruit, you know, bar certain ex uh, exceptions. Or, and those aren't because of un unhealth. It's just how those fruit trees operate. But the basic assumption is that if something's healthy, it's going to have fruit. If a plant is healthy, in nature it's like that. If something isn't reproducing at a certain point, where you start expecting maturity to have hit, then something's wrong. Either, you know, either there has been an intervention that made it impossible, or there's just very unhealthy situation that is causing this not to be able to happen. And so this is really important. Fruit is really important in Scripture because not only is it a measure of health, it is also a glorifying to God. John 15, 8 says, When you produce much fruit, you are my disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. This brings great glory to my Father. And the more our lives pattern after Jesus, the more we are glorifying God 
Who wants to glorify God with their lives? Come on, that should be every single heart and hand raised in this house. We want to glorify God with everything on the inside of us, even if purely just out of thanksgiving for the fact that we're united with Him and that we're never going to be separated from Him again. That alone is enough. You don't even have to get any one of more of your prayers answered throughout your whole life. And that'll, it'll, this one thing will still be enough for you to live out your days in, an, in a pursuit of com- uh, um, uh, um, committed, um, you know, uh, patterning after Jesus to glorify God just because of the one work that Jesus did in your heart and life. And that's by making you become alive. Um, so God gets the glory as we bear much fruit. And that is for me one of the most almost forgotten things in Christianity is to live for the glory of God. And, and, and I, I do need to make a point about this because Christianity has become so consumer driven that you can, you know, it can be all about you. Christianity can, can be all about you. And, you know, so when is God ever going to answer my prayer? When is he ever going to give me a break? When is he ever going to, you know, me, 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 me? Well, the truth of the matter is, and this is maybe harsh to hear, but it is true. God don't have to answer any of your prayers. It's not like we deserve to be saved in the first place. Right? But He does it out of compassion. He does it out of the goodness of His heart. And the grace that we've received have now put us in contention for every one of the promises that He had already said yes to. So now... I don't have to wonder, does he want to do this? The answer has already been yes in Jesus Christ. Now it's just a matter of me coming and saying, Lord, I received that. I received that. By faith, I received that. It will be like that for me. But that takes time often. And we'll get to that in a minute. It takes some patience and it takes some faith. Because God knows that if we just get everything on a platter, that no change will occur. He wants us to grow. And so he walks with us each individually in a way that he knows is going to cause us to want more, to pursue more, to ask for more, to reach out for more. Because he wants you to become like Jesus Christ. That is his ultimate goal. And so for the rest of the series, the last, last half of this message and the last two messages, we're going to focus on fruit. We're going to talk about what, does, what fruit does a spirit-filled life um, produce and how do we produce fruit? Okay, so now we're getting into the juicy stuff. So I want you, if you, if, if you're kind of asleep right now, just sit up um, and 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 get yourself awake, get out a notebook or something, because this is where it becomes real. Come on, thanks, man. This is where it gets real. This is where we start getting practical and allow the Holy Spirit, like He. W- hovered over the waters of creation and literally made physical uh, creation happen. Like he empowered Christ, empowered the church and literally lifted you out of darkness into his life. He is going to start working on your life to make you change into the image of Jesus Christ, but also help you to get on with the mission of Christ. And so we're going to talk about two types of fruit during this last couple of sermons, inner fruit and outer fruit. Okay, so the first one is inner fruit. Galatians 5.22 verse 25 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Note that it's not saying fruits. It's saying he produces this kind of fruit. How do I describe this kind of fruit? Here's how I describe that fruit. That fruit 
looks like love. It feels like joy. It has peace. That fruit has patience. That fruit makes us kind. That fruit feels, encourages goodness. That fruit keeps us faithful. Faithful. Each and every one of these things aren't a fruit that I can individually like, produce. It is one fruit that has all these attributes to it. And if I produce this kind of, if the Holy Spirit helps me produce this kind of fruit, I will be joyful. I will be peaceful. I will be kind. I will be good. I will be faithful. Right? So sometimes people were going like, oh man, I need more patience. No, 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 no. You need more Holy Spirit. Oh, I need more joy in my life. No, 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 no. You need more Holy Spirit. Man, I need more love. No. We need more Holy Spirit. Because He produces this fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And self-control. Did I miss self-control? Where's self-control? Right there. Gentleness and self-control. I missed, I missed the last two, two words. Gentleness and self-control. And there is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Since we're living by the Spirit, now let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit is inner fruit. It's also akin to character, Christian character. It's portraying Christ through every part of my life. Every way I'm doing things, let that align with who and what Jesus would have done and how He is. The second fruit type of fruit that we that we see is going to get produced from our lives is, is outer fruit and essentially what this is 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 partnership with the holy spirit to win souls and make disciples and each and every christian is called to both to bear to to, to produce both fruit inner fruit and outer fruit every christian is called to become like jesus christ but every christian is also called to make jesus followers to encourage other people to start following Jesus Christ. And when people start following them, partnering with them and coaching them how to be intentional in becoming like Jesus and again, help encourage other people to become like Christ. So see, the call to make disciples is literally central to the church's mission. And every single individual believer has that mandate on his and her life. Now, how many of you feel Oh my goodness, I don't know. Don't put, your, don't, don't, don't put up your hand for this one. I have no idea how to do that. I know. I know how that feels. I've been there. I've been there. Let me say this to you. How did you produce the inner fruit? More of the Holy Spirit. How are you going to produce the outer fruit? More of the Holy Spirit. More of the same. You don't produce fruit by your own works. In other words, it's not based on your performance or based on your amazingness or your courage or you know your knowledge or it, it it doesn't depend on that it depends on your connection to the holy spirit and are you allowing him to lead you so proverbs eleven thirty says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life it is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise he who wins souls is wise and think about that 
a tree of life. The fruit of that tree gives life to people. God has called you to be a tree of life to people around you, where people can come and find truth, where people can come and find life, encouragement, counsel, biblical counsel. God wants each and every one of our lives to be like that. So we're going to talk about outer fruit next week. Okay, but we can focus on inner fruit today. But I want you to note that the gifts of the Holy Spirit help us and enable us to produce these kind of fruit. It enhances our ability to produce these fruit. So like I explained to you earlier, when I pray in the Spirit, and when I, when I, when I operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it literally enables me to trust God like Jesus trusted God. It enables me to say no to, to temptation like Jesus say, said no to temptation. It encourages me like Jesus was always full of hope to give to other people. And so the gifts of the Holy Spirit are actually meant to help you accomplish the very thing that Jesus calls you to, that God calls you to. And they've been made out to be these, you know, villainous kind of attributes that, you know, we should rather try and avoid. No, without them, we don't get to do what we're called to do. Without them, we keep, stay stuck where we are, where we are. Because in our own power, we cannot continue to produce the kind of fruit that we're called to produce. And so Jesus knows that. And that's why he says, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I can't, I can't send the advocate. But when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will convict you of sin, but he'll also convict you of your righteousness. And he'll also let you know about the mission, that there's a judgment coming and the world needs to know about me. That's the Holy Spirit. That's why he's there. And so Galatians 12 verse 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. We can help each other. And concerning inner fruit, um, I, f- I forgot to put that scripture verse in here, but Jude verse 20, Jude 1 verse 20 says, when we pray in the Spirit, we build ourselves up in our faith. So that's how I help myself to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's how I build up my own faith to keep responding to what He reminds me of, to His promises, to stay patient and faithful until these things work themselves out and I can get the, receive the package. I need to continue to operate in these gifts because if I revert back to my own strength and my own understanding, I start falling, I start feeling overwhelmed. I start, it's not going to happen. Doubt sets in. Anxiety starts taking over. But when I press in and I said, no, Lord, I know that if I, if I, if I keep pursuing your Holy Spirit, I'm going to produce that fruit and I can stay the course and I can get to the other side where salvation is achieved where I received the promises. But it, the gifts are also meant for us to be able to help one another. And next week, we're going to talk about how does the gifts help one another. It's going to be beautiful. After that, you're going to want to have all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I can guarantee you that. If you have any desire to be you know, a blessing to other people, you're going to want the gifts of the Holy Spirit because that's the essence of what they're meant to do. But let's go back to inner fruit. Let's talk about character today. Let's talk about the fruit of the Spirit, y'all. Come on. Is anybody still awake? Who wants to be like Jesus? Man, I want to be like Christ. I want to honor Him. 
by producing a life that is just exemplary, not exemplary, but um, that, that, uh, that mimics Him, that echoes who He is, out of thanksgiving and out of honor for who He is. So Galatians 5, 22 to 25 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now listen carefully. You don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to bear fruit. I know that. It's, and, and, it, and that is a true statement. But be baptized in the Holy Spirit makes it so much easier. It makes it so much easier. Notice who produces the fruit. It's the Holy Spirit that produces the fruit in us. So if it's His job to produce the fruit, what is our job? Some ideas? Let me tell you what I got here. Point one, fruit is a byproduct of staying connected. If it's his job to produce it, it's my job to stay connected. It's my job to stay connected. John 15, 5 says, Jesus is talking, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. For apart from me, you can do nothing. My job is to stay connected. My job is to abide in Him. That's my job. My job is to pursue relationship with God. What did we say? We don't need more joy, peace, love. We need more Holy Spirit. I need to connect more with God on earth. I need to walk more closely with Him. I need to get to know Him. I need to talk with Him more often. And I need the gifts of the Holy Spirit and I need to pursue them. Because as I do, and they become a blessing to me as well. So question, have you ever walked past a tree in summertime and heard it straining as it was producing fruit? <laughs> no. You know, I, was, I was thinking of this like in, a, in, a, in, a, in one of those freak movies, you know, where at this particular time, you know, in, in the year, you know, the great hum will start. <laughs> because all the trees are trying to produce fruit. <laughs> and people can't hear each other and, you know, communications break down because the great hum is about to start. No, that doesn't happen, right? That's stupid, okay? I know, I know, it's a stupid thought. But that's how sometimes ridiculous it is if we think, think that we're going to produce the fruit. It's equally stupid. You're not going to produce no fruit. But if you press in to connect with the Holy Spirit, fruitfulness will stream from within you. It'll stream from within you. It's beautiful. Healthy fruit comes from staying connected, being healthily connected. If you're lacking fruit, you're lacking connection. End of story. Don't try and, don't try and figure it out any other way. And the worst thing you're going to do is to try and figure out who else is at, to blame for this. That leads nowhere. We have to take responsibility ourselves to get connected. Um, it's like the fruit, the Bible talks about the fruit of, your, of the womb. 
being children that are a blessing, right? So I was just thinking about this. Um, it is so much. It is so much greater to to not focus on making children and focus on loving one another well. Loving one another well, if there is nothing complicated, leads to fruit. It leads to it automatically. That's how we're designed. Love is designed to produce fruit. And if you love God, it'll produce fruit. It'll produce fruit. But the second thing we also have to know is it takes time to produce fruit. Fruit takes time. On the contrary, and this is probably the biggest difference between the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. On the contrary, gifts are received in a moment. It's like, I want to give you a gift and I decide this is going to be a gift to you and I give you the gift and it's a moment. She didn't want to touch it because it's Corona, not because she doesn't have faith. But Not that I have Corona right now. But the, th- the fact is, a gift is received in a moment. Fruit takes time to produce. So sometimes we're, we're connected to Jesus. We're being faithful. But things just aren't coming through. You just need patience. Just need to remain faithful because the fruit will come. Sometimes you're struggling with an addiction. And you're like, man, I want to break free of this thing. I just can't break free of this thing. Stay faithful. Keep pushing. Keep trying never settle never even if even if you're you feel like you're being overwhelmed by that thing you tell that thing i'm I'm gonna drop you soon you're not gonna master me i have only one master you keep fighting with that thing never give up remain faithful remain patient hebrews 6 12 don't allow your hearts to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm but follow the example of those who fully receive what god has promised because of their strong faith and their patient endurance. You just need endurance. And the last point I want to make is that fruit is for the benefit of others. If you give fruit out, fruit starts spreading. Fruit tends to yield more fruit in others as well. So do not keep your fruit to yourself. Start serving people around you, loving people around you with who you are and what you have got, what you did receive. Focus on that. Like they say in the coaching business, play to your strengths. Use them. Because as you do, they grow stronger and you produce more fruit. People that come in contact with us should experience the goodness of God. Amen? They should experience the goodness of God. All right, let's wrap it up. John 13, a new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. It's probably the biggest thing that we are supposed to be known by as Christians is love for one another. Love for one another. Love for our fellow human being. That's fruit, y'all. And being filled with the Holy Spirit means more of that. More of that. Not less. Not less. Who's ready to go start producing some fruit? That means you're ready to start connecting with the Holy Spirit. Let's stand before we pray ourselves. went a little over got carried away and I want to pray for people who have um, who've realized man I'm not producing fruit my life is pretty stagnant at the moment but you want to make a renewed commitment to connect with God you want to today make a commitment to 
to really go and press in and, and, and pursue the things of God. If, you, if you're that person here today and you want to just say, Lord, I acknowledge and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start pursuing you more, why don't you just raise your hand and acknowledge that before God? I'm going to press in, Lord. I want more of you. God, you see each and every person that is acknowledging this before you today. Father, I just bless them, Lord. <clears throat> bless them with the fact that they're going to produce it by your grace, by staying connected, by pressing into connection with you more. And you're going to grant them the patience, Lord God. The fruit of the Spirit of patience is going to enable them also to stay the course and see these fruit produced in their lives. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. And as we dismiss today, I want to make a, a call to everybody who have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray again for you. And if you are desiring one of these spiritual gifts, praying in the Spirit, and one of them being wanting to prophesy, we're going to continue to make the call for people. If you feel, man, I really am ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, come, let us pray over you. Let us trust God with you and keep trusting God with you until the package arrives. Amen? Amen. So let's all pray as we go and then you guys can come forward and, and just spend some time with me in front. Lord God, thank you for this time together. Thank you that I can speak your blessing, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit over each and every one of us as we go today. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's all just say thank you, Jesus.